Hey everyone, and welcome to The Soapbox. My name is Micah Davis. My name is Chris Kraft. We created The Soapbox to share new perspectives about old ideas. I'm glad you could join us. Sit back, relax, and join the conversation. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Soapbox with Chris Kraft and Micah Davis. I am excited to go into this, especially in today's uh, climate. And I don't just mean weather here. Uh, (laughs) We are currently taping this in May. I think it's still May of 2020. We're it's in the, still May. <laughs> we're, in the, we're, we're 10 weeks or so into America kind of being on a little bit of shutdown with COVID-19. I saw a meme the other day that was hilarious. It said, uh, you know, 1231 2020 on the calendar. And then it's like five, four, three, two, one, 13, one, 2020. Because <laughs> 2020 just won't. It just is not getting. That's funny. I, I saw one on. I saw one the other day too that I liked. Said uh, 2020 is not getting counted on my birth years because I haven't used it. <laughs> like I'm not turning 38 this year. I'm not counting it. I haven't used it. Not it's turning unused. this one in. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's chaos, man. It's absolute chaos. But and I, I, where we want to go today, we're going to dive in, continue this series on on uh, moderation, because if there's one spot where I feel like there literally is no moderation anymore in our society is in politics, and it's really interesting, you know, that the three things we can't or the two things we, that we're not allowed to talk about in the office. I've even been told this is religion and politics. Yep. And you go, why is that? And I think it's because we're so utterly divided into extremes. And we talked, if you haven't heard our podcast yet on introduction to moderation, I would encourage you to do that first. Because Micah laid out a few really good things. And we talked about the danger of extremes one way or the other and how moderation really is the key to come back to. And uh, because let's just, let's just be straight when it comes to this. And we'll have some disclaimers at the beginning. Neither side when it comes to um, some of these are right or wrong. They have right, right and wrong things about both, but going to the extreme is dangerous either way because something is forgotten on both sides. And that's why having an under, understanding of both. So um, uh, just a couple other disclaimers before we get started, because it's it's funny how we get so um, hyper emotionally stimulated over things like politics. And I don't really know why necessarily. Um, maybe it's because we feel like that's our representatives and that's our, I, I, I don't even get it, man. Because I think this is just coming to me now. I think the reason that we as Americans take our politics so seriously, and I don't know how other countries are, so I can't speak to their cultures when it comes to politics, is we feel like we have chosen our government. And so our government means that much more to us. It's our identity. Yeah, it's us. And I think that hopefully will change as you listen to this episode. I really hope so. And and here's here's a couple of things we want to do we want to happen in our listeners' minds as we go through here. We hope that you understand that we are literally taking a moderate stance when it comes to everything. We are gonna point out the positives and the negatives of both sides of some of this from our mindset. We've both grown up conservative. We've both grown to understand the liberal the positives of the liberal side and seeing some of the negatives, yet still understanding the negatives and the positives on both sides. So we really hope, first of all, that your perspective is enlightened. We hope that your um, that you don't defend your side to the point to where you can't appreciate the thoughts of other people. Because when it really comes down to it, Mike and I again come from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, and our for the first two commandments are love your God, love your Lord. 
with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. And I feel like right. in politics, we have thrown the second commandment aside <laughs> and said, I'm going to live out my Christian life, but don't you get on to me about my conservative views. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's, sorry guys, if you claim Christ, that's not allowed. Right. If he's the one who said that the first two commandments are this, you're not allowed to toss it aside for any reason. Your Americanism does not trump your spirituality right. if you claim Christ. And I'm not sure of other religions, what they stand, but from what I understand, just in general, other people are the priority yeah. in everything. So we really want your perspective to grow. We want you to be able to put on another pair of glasses and maybe get on another person's um, it, like we talked about a number line, right? Yeah. If you're a, a negative seven on the conservative side and somebody's a positive seven, maybe you can put on their glasses to come closer to a negative four and appreciate the quote unquote other side. And uh, Michael, real quick, why don't you briefly touch on the three things that you talked about in the introduction? Because all three of those are going to come in in this uh, in this talk on politics. Right. So just the three things, the disclaimers that we're going to start with. Yeah, so first... Uh, we are both very strong in the belief that moderation in two extremes are typically is is typically the correct moderation answer. Moderation is yeah. it's typically as far as everyday life and 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 um, ideology, usually, and I, I put that usually there very strongly. You know, there are some things in which an extreme is absolute, but usually the moderation is the correct answer. Uh, second, uh, mod. Um, Two extremes are usually presented as a false dilemma, and we usually view them that way in the sense that, like, you can be either conservative or liberal. You cannot be conservaliberal, and, <laughs> and, like, there isn't a mixture or an amalgamation of the two ideologies which functions, and that's a false dilemma. And people actually get angry at moderates because they feel like they should take a side. Yeah, well, it's funny. Which, I, which encourages the false dilemma. Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of... Um, I've follow Facebook of conservatives and liberals and all that stuff. And yes, I still use Facebook cause I'm old now. Um, <laughs> but actually I see a lot of people calling moderates like fence sitters and stuff. Right. And I'm like, that's just, that's just kind of, I don't know. Anyway, it's very narrow minded. It is. It's, it's hilarious to me that moderates are kind of, or independents don't, you know, why are you throwing your vote away? And it's like throwing, I'm throwing my vote at the person I think stands for what I believe. Like if that's throwing my vote away, I apologize for your selling out. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> which, which is what representative government's supposed yeah, that, to be. Yeah, that's right? the like, point. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, that's always struck me as funny. But anyway, the false dilemma um, is typically how extremes are, are, kind of shown to us and explained to us and usually that's how we'll view them is through a false dilemma mm -hmm. i can be either a or b there is no c or other or a b um and that's not true there's almost there's almost never in life a time in which a false dilemma is actually the way that life works usually it's a fallacy we have in our heads mm -hmm. um so that's the second thing. And then the third thing, sometimes the extremes that we're presented with are actually non sequiturs. They actually have nothing to do with each other or um, we view them as influencing each other when one should influence the other and not the other way around or whatever. Um, but typically non, non sequitur is the way that I would like to view it, um, that they should be separated into distinct categories or... Um, or one should influence the other, but not necessarily... Uh, because it, it's there, there's a point to where I don't like the idea of cubbyholing things, but there's certain yeah. things you have to cubbyhole. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like when, when I am, 
um, if, if you're leading worship on a Sunday, in that exact moment that you're leading worship, you cannot also be teaching math. Exactly. You have to be doing one or the other. You, yeah. You can't compare one to the other. Well, which one is greater, leading worship or teaching kids? You, you, that you, like right. So, so <laughs> like we try to create. Yeah. That's the non sequitur. You, why are we trying to compare these two things? The apples to oranges kind of. Yeah. Thing. To where literally I can do both, and I don't need to compare one to the other. One can influence the other. Yeah. Like your worship leading can tie into teaching kids and your teaching can even tie into your worship leading, but they don't, you don't have to compare them in that yeah. way. Yeah. So yeah, that's fantastic. So, so let's dive into this, right? So let's give a little background. Um, I was, I was born, I was born a long time ago. Just kidding. Um, I, I, so I was in born. In a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was, I was born into a family that was conservative, um, that, I, I didn't really care enough about politics, but I, I, looking back, I took on a lot of, like we all do, right? We take on a lot of viewpoints from our family, and we should. That's part of the point. The, fa- uh, the family unit is there to mold the children into the way that the parents are, are wanting to mold those kids. That's the right. point. Uh, but as the kids grow up, they start questioning things. And I started when I started questioning things, here's the funny part. I started questioning the church before I started questioning politics. When I look back, it was kind of funny, maybe because the church was more highly uh, influential in the early years of my life. So I started questioning some of my spiritual views before I, in other words, I was creating my own spiritual views and my views of God and the church and really wasn't touching politics. Hmm. It wasn't until I more solidified my own spiritual views that then I was free in a sense to start looking at other views going, wait a minute, how do I really feel about inequality between races, inequality between gender. How do I really feel about politics and things like this? So for me, politics took a back seat growing up. But yeah. here's the strange part with politics, though. You still have a political view. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, unfortunately, in your generation and younger who are saying they don't want anything to do with politics. And I believe that's a wrong way to handle it. Because throwing away politics and the just the idea of politics, by the way, is not conservative versus liberal politics is how do you conduct yourselves as a society Mm -hmm. in the United States of America? We have a democratic Republic where the people choose representatives and those representatives make the choices for us. It's the way it's supposed to work. Right? So, so just ignoring politics is very dangerous because we need to care about how society governs itself Yeah, because it will go into a full fledged democracy where all of a sudden it's riot and it's ruled by the mob and nobody really wants that. I don't. Right. So I, I don't think we really want that. So they haven't sh- lasted too long, oh, at gosh. least in history. No. And, no. and, and again, based on our conversation from earlier, I'm not going to say it wouldn't work, but I'm going to say most of the time in history that has not ended right. well. And same thing with republics. Same republics thing with republics. turn into demo- democracies, which, which fall. It, it, they do. It's typically it's, history is very cyclical. Mm-hmm. And when we start taking, that's another problem with extremes is we tend to get, and we'll talk all about that in another podcast. So on this one, I wanted you to know that for me, I was of course raised conservative, but my political views have really only, so I'm 37, 37 years old. Again, I'm not counting 2020, right? 37 <laughs> years old. And I've really only started to dig into my real political views probably in the last five to 10 years. And I think that's unfortunate. I think people that are younger should be taught better. I think they should be influenced by their parents and their teachers and their those in authority. But at the same time, we should be taught some other views. 
instead of only those, right? And I think maybe we wouldn't go to extremes if we were given other thoughts and opinions. So, right. And then you can give us some of your history too before we dive into this. Yeah. Um. So I. Just like same for me. Yeah. Grown grown up in Alabama, very conservative environment. Just kind of the way that we live down here. It seems so. Uh, that's where I've always grown up. I've been um, largely uh, influenced by cons- by conservative values. Went to University of Alabama. College campuses are, of course, stereotypically liberal mm-hmm. um, when it comes to professors and and kids are rebellious. That's the point at which you know you start going, ah, it's all a crock, <laughs> and then you start you know crying out against anything you can. And so um, that's where I started encountering a lot more liberalism along with postmodernism and and um you know dealing with views that weren't my own that i had heard of but didn't encounter mm-hmm. which are two different things yes um true. and we can talk about that in a different podcast as well but with that i then you know started questioning more of the conservative values i'd grown up in and and some of the liberal values of course i still didn't really agree with at all or and then some of the conservative ones i started having to kind of trash and be like well there's got to be something else because this doesn't help people or this doesn't um edify uh people in general and so it's like well now you know i have if i've trashed something i need to fill that ideology with something else um i think i'm still kind of journeying through a lot of that and it's a good thing one of the hallmarks of a rational mind, and I cannot remember who said it. I think it was Epictetus or some someone. One of the hallmarks of a rational mind is the ability to change. <laughs> and fantastic. I think that if you are not constantly questioning what you quote unquote know in air quotes, mm-hmm. um, then you're not rationally examining what you think. Mm-hmm. If there's new information coming to light, and you're not at least looking at the information, saying, "Is it?" Is it from a trustworthy source? Is it verifiable? Is it even something that we can examine as mm-hmm. human beings? Um, then you aren't truly stepping closer and closer to what the truth is. Right. Uh, and so that is kind of where my mindset got to as mm-hmm. I was. That is probably a lot of what encouraged me to pursue a degree in philosophy and religious mm-hmm. studies is because you know, you start asking some of these questions and who else is going to engage in questions like that but a philosopher. So, (laughs) (laughs) so that's, that's kind of where I came as far as my political stuff grew up very conservative and have slowly, but surely become much more moderate. And my wife has really helped me out in a lot of that as well. Um, in the questions and, um, we've, you know, engaged in, in even debates and, 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 and some really lively conversations around some of that stuff. And I, I wouldn't ever say that, you know, we got in fights over it or anything, but it was, it would get pretty, uh, intense just because we're both trying to figure things out, you know, well, mm-hmm. if this isn't working for this person, well, then we've got to figure out how to make it work for, you know, them too. Mm-hmm. And so you're constantly, and I, th- I think that's how it should be. Yeah. I don't think you should ever stop yep. questioning what you know. Very true. Very true. So let's start going into some specifics. Uh, because the and and one of the other disclaimers I want to say is again guard your emotions watch what you start defending in your mind and not that there's anything wrong with what you're defending but there are certain points where if you come across something that you're incorrect on I love what Micah said are you willing to change right. if you're unwilling to change then I would argue that your extreme is too far and now you're not really caring about people anymore you're only you're only caring about 
defending a position. Yeah. And that's why this is not going to turn into a debate because Mike and I honestly don't have positions to defend. Because <laughs> really, we're, no. we're literally kind of, um, and, and it's funny because even that statement, I'm sitting here thinking there's some people that are going to go, well, they're just wishy-washy. Yeah. I'm like, here's the funny part. I am extremely sure about some things in my life, mm-hmm. right? The most important things to me, my wife will be my wife until the day I die. Right. I get mad at her. She gets mad at me. She's going to have to kill me if she wants to get rid of me. Right. <laughs> that is one of my firm belief systems. I am very firm in my spiritual belief systems that I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life like he said he would. Because like C.S. Lewis said, he's either a liar, a lunatic, or he's the Lord. I've chosen that he's the Lord, that everything that he said was correct. And my hope lies in that one day I'll get to spend eternity with him. Those are very firm belief systems in my head. But here's, and I love what you said earlier, the fact that I am sold out to Jesus does not mean that I'm automatically a quote-unquote right-wing conservative. Right. And and when we start politicizing Jesus, when we start politicizing our faith, I think it's where it comes to some of the non-sequiturs like we were talking about a moment ago. And you're really big into this, and I'm becoming even bigger into this to where there's a point to where I think that people have chosen their patriotism above their spirituality. And if that's their choice, perfectly fine. If that if, right. that, if that's their choice... They live however they want until you start running over other people to get where you want. And when you start refusing to look at other people's mindsets, that's when you and I are going to have a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. when you're refusing to look at other things. So I'll give you an example. Um, I was raised to, here's the crazy part. I have, I have a thought process and a belief system in my head and I don't know where it came from. Hmm. It's really strange because my belief system is that Christians are conservatives. Right. I don't know why I think that. Right. I have no clue where that came from. I don't remember ever being taught it. It's really funny. Total side topic here just because we love having these conversations. Um, the Mandela effect. Yeah. I'd love to talk about that at some point. Oh, yeah. Because the idea of I was taught it, but there's no proof that I was ever taught it. That, mm-hmm. that I, I want to have that conversation one day. But I, I have no clue when I was taught that. Right? But I'll tell you, I'll tell you where it's come to today is... I'll hear people say, and again, this is this is all hearsay, right? right. Quote unquote, this is the air quotes. Liberals are pro-abortion, therefore Jesus is anti-liberal. Right. That that ends up being the one thing we stand on. I know people that vote for president only based on their view for abortion. Right. That's the only thing they look at. They don't care how they are in the economy. He, I'll give I'll give you another one. Is when people say they're anti-Trump. That one bugs me. What part of him do you not like? Yeah. Or is it just all of it, right? You can't say he's not a good businessman. Now, I'll tell you my personal view on on President Trump in the year 2020. I don't like his personality or how he is treats Twitter like his own like his own um whatever, like he douses people on on Twitter, but nobody can argue that he's in the economy when it comes to knowing finances that he's a genius. So when somebody says they're anti-Trump, do you mean you hate every part of it? Or can you admit that there's some things he's done right? Yeah. Right? Like maybe you don't like his personality. Maybe he's too brash. Well, I would agree with you. But does that mean every single... So so we go to these extremes one way or the other. Well, all Christians are conservatives. Right. Well, all liberals hate Trump. (laughs) We we got to stay away from these extreme statements that create division, that create disunity. And, uh, and so that, that's just a couple examples that I've heard on the conservative side. Well, um, make American great again. If you're wearing the hat, liberals are just going to shoot you. No, they're not. Yeah. And there may be some, we notice, 
there may be some extremes on either side that are going to do stupid stuff, yeah. right? But I believe as some, humans are prone to do. And, and I'm so glad you said that. It has <laughs> this this doing the stupid stuff has nothing to do with political views. It has to do with sin. Yeah. It has to do with humanity and doing stupid things. Mm-hmm. They just use their politics as a reason to do stupid things. So right. it's those statements that go to extremes really frustrate me for those kind of reasons. It was really interesting that you you bring that up about you know, oh, well, liberals just automatically hate Trump and, and conservatives just automatically. For one thing, I hear this all the time and it bugs me because I, I listen. I try to listen to liberal podcasts and conservative podcasts when I do listen. How to dare anything. you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I listened to a couple of, and I finally found, you know, some good podcasts uh, done by some some liberal guys. And I, I listened to some podcasts done by some conservative slash libertarian guys. And. Uh, on on the liberal side podcast, it was really interesting to hear him talk because he this guy that was being interviewed brought up a study that was done that had basically said that if you took ten questions or ten ten statements, legitimately good things that Trump has done, and took them to uh, Berkeley and asked those questions and and put those statements down, then most students would reject that they were good. Mm. Not reject that Trump was bad or that he didn't have some good qualities, whatever. They would reject those things were good. And if you took that same kind of list for Obama and put it in Mississippi, you would get the same effect. They would reject those things were good instead of rejecting that Obama was completely and utterly a terrible person. You're almost making a... An ethical statement based on your feelings of the president. Well, and it's a it's a funny thing because that's a very common. Uh, again, I love. I don't know what it is about fallacies right now that really have got my attention, but it's a they're two very very common fallacies that human beings make all the time. One is called the devil effect or the halo effect, and in this, what happens is whenever I see someone, and let's say I see um, Obama yell at one of his aides i attribute not just that wow he kind of went off on that guy for unknown reasons i don't know what his day is like i don't know what the aide did i don't know anything other than i saw obama yell at the aide but then i assume he's a bad person that's so So i take one quality that's negative that i've seen that he yells at aides Mm -hmm. whatever that means and then i assume the rest of his personality fits around this one quality all of it Right. And then you have the halo effect, too. And I I see this with conservatives. And this is where I get slightly political, where they see that Trump is good on the economy and they decide he's a great person. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want I, I, I don't mean for this to offend anyone. I don't want Trump with his background in marriage and everything. I don't want him representing what evangelical Christianity represents. Right. I don't want him standing in place of Jesus, right? which seems to be what a lot of people are doing with him. Going to the extremes is dangerous. Man, it's this angel effect, the halo effect, mm-hmm. right? They've decided he's really good on the economy. He does policies that are good, and I agree with those two mm-hmm. things. I do not agree that his three divorces or however many it's, it are a good thing. I don't think him cheating on every wife he's ever had is a good thing. I can't agree that his morality is top-notch. Right. I can agree he's he's got good policies. Maybe he's messed up and is has has repented and everything. I don't know, but I'm not going to assume 
anything about his character mm -hmm. based on what I've seen. I talk to my students about this all the time. We always say Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a great person. How do I know? I've never met the guy. Mm -hmm. I've seen him on Instagram. I've seen him on, on Twitter. I've seen him in movies. I don't know him. So I assume he's a good person because he's a good actor or because he plays good characters. And or, that's, or maybe you heard him do something good right. and give to a charity or go to the opening. Right. And that's a halo effect thing, right? Mm -hmm. We get this idea that, oh, he's he gave to a charity. He must be a generous person. It's like mm -hmm. he gave to or he gave to a charity for a tax write off. Right. Like we just make these quick assumptions. And that brings me to the second um, logical fallacy that we've made along those lines, especially in politics. And that's a hasty generalization. All conservatives like Trump. All liberals like Obama. All liberals hate Trump. Liberals don't want guns. Yeah. Right. Liberal. Uh, that's actually one thing, too. When you were talking about, oh, well, if you wear the MAGA hat, some liberals going to shoot you. My immediate thought. And this is where I make the hasty generalizations too. liberals don't own guns. <laughs> and I was like, I've got to I can't I can't make that assumption. Yeah, you, can. you know, because. But it's I, interesting how fast you went there in your yeah. mind. In, in my head. And, and I, that's the thing because about listening to this podcast and, and, and everything is we understand that we fall prey to the same exact fallacies, the same exact mindsets that everyone struggles with. That's mm -hmm. exactly what we struggle with. We're not saying we're better than anyone else. Nope. It's just when I take that second in the midst of this conversation and go, oh, wow, I just assumed, made this exact generalization we were just talking about that I, I can't let that generalization go on i can't mm -hmm. make those assumptions that liberals um they just want free health care right. or whatever i can't make that assumption <laughs> that's not some people may be mostly liberal about everything but then believe uh, free uh, health care needs to be left to the free market i don't know what they believe on health care right. unless i ask them and then we're also taking the whole group of people yeah and trying to assume everything yeah. for, for example hey you and i are trying to be moderates all moderates are this way right right it's that whole thing too well none of them know what they believe Th those those I, I love your idea of the halo effect because another example of that is when people say well liberals um they love entitlements and don't want anybody to earn anything yeah that's one of those halo effects but because of the, or or another halo effect that i was thinking of is liberals are okay with abortion mm -hmm. therefore they're just totally humanists and don't care about god right that's one of those halo effects All because i take one and that means everything about it is wrong it's like my god this type of extreme behavior, I don't know why it's relegated to politics. Actually, I've got a really strong opinion about this. I think it's because so many of us. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make I'm gonna go and make this state. So it. so my personal opinion is the reason that Americans, especially, um, I'm really big into the idea of bread and circus from back in the day, where the Roman Empire fell because they were obsessed with entertainment and entitlements, right? And I, this is not even a political statement. I believe the reason that Americans especially are obsessed with politics and sports is because Americans in general, making a very wide generalization here, most Americans don't have a personal dream of their own that they're chasing. So they need to be passionate about something else. Right. Every human being needs internally, I believe they were created with passion inside of them. And so many of us don't know where to put our passion. So it goes into sports. Yeah. We're in the state of Alabama for the love of goodness. There is no <laughs> greater passion than Alabama Auburn football, right? Oh, man, or yeah. Troy for those, right? For UAB. It's, Laser tag football this year. Oh my God. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's a social distance that's funny, football. Actually. Like, like I, I think, I think Alabamans might 
riot with oh, no man, football. It's going like, to oh, it's it's be, be nuts. But literally, it becomes a god. Yeah. Right. But in the same way, I believe that, like you were talking about earlier with the non sequiturs, I believe that Americanism, patriotism has become the god. Mm hmm. And making those halo effects, make, the reason people are so incredibly passionate, I believe, personally, like, is because we need our passion to go somewhere. Right. And because most of us don't know where to put that passion, we put it into politics and we take such hardline stances. You want to know where my hardline stance is? Is for the love of God, you better, you, Micah Davis had better fulfill the passion and purpose that God put inside of him. And I'm so yeah. passionate about that. To where I'll fight somebody over that. When somebody tells me they don't have purpose. When somebody tells me they don't have a reason for, for living. I'll fight that. Because God's told me over time, that's where my passion goes. Yeah. But because we don't know where to put our personal passion, we get super extreme and passionate about politics. And we want yeah. to say, and we so we start making these generalizations of other people and not realizing we're creating the disunity that we're trying to avoid. Right, we're creating it. I'm, I'm saying that as Christians. Yeah, we're creating that. By and and I'll, I'll just be straight up with you. I'll tell you what I love about some of my liberal brothers and sisters is they love people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely love people. How how um, and I'll just go into a couple of rants here. Like I've met way too many conservative people who f are so focused on their own rights and their own freedoms that they couldn't care less about anybody else's. Yeah. They couldn't care less about anybody. They'll run over your rights to get to their rights. I'm like, where is that in your spiritual life? G we never see Jesus standing up for his own rights at the um, at the disgrace of someone, at, at decreasing someone else's. Right. In fact, it actually says Jesus lowered him. Philippians chapter 2 says Jesus lowered himself even to the death on a cross. And to be human. He lowered his own. So mm -hmm. where do we get this thing that because I have the right and we, we run over other people? Now, let's go on the other side. I've also heard my liberal brothers and sisters say rich people are evil. Yeah. Capitalism is evil. Let's let's be totally straight here. Who do you expect to pay the bills? Yeah. Right? I, I, I've heard this in church for years. And to be perfectly honest, it's, wow, this has never hit me till right now. Somehow the church has created this weird mix of extremes where... They want to scream against against liberalism and anti-abortion and blah 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 blah. It's like I get it, but then on the other side they go, they hold tight to the poverty mindset, <laughs> where we preach against money so much right. that we almost take the liberal side of money's evil, rich people are evil. I've heard it in church, man, most yeah. of my life, and I'm I'm sitting here going as a person who studies business, I want to have money. Mm -hmm. I want to be wealthy. Let's just get that into the universe. Chris Kraft wants to be wealthy. Who doesn't? Yeah. Well, I, I, I would I would argue there's a lot of people who have taken so much of a poverty mindset they believe that they're sinful if they have money. They're, they're, I honestly believe that. And we'll we'll get into this when we do the finances. Yeah, there's a whole other financial. We'll, we'll do this when we do the finances. Like, like, yeah, like, I think yeah. that's a good conversation to start, though. It's it, it's a great one yeah. to have. And if you want, I would encourage you, keep keep track of the soapbox, man. We're going to have some of these conversations. But when it comes to that, why does that get into our politics? Like, our politics are so much in a rich people are evil. Where, where does the government get their money? Well, from taxing rich people. Well, high taxes, low taxes. We have all these things that we go to the extreme on not realizing that the other side and when i say other side i mean the other side that you're not on yeah has perfectly valid points that you're not considering because you're so stuck in your own view right and and i think that's the first step 
like if somebody were to ask me, because because I I know we need to eventually close this up. We could talk about this for a long this time. This will probably take a, be a it, longer. It episode. might even take another one. But when it really comes down to it, where should our first step be? Your first step should be wherever you believe. You need to start listening to somebody on the other side of what you believe, just to get their mindset. And and don't do it to attack them. Do it to understand why that you you and I, Micah Davis and Chris Kraft, and I'm sorry for talking this much. I apologize. No, you're good. I we disagree on certain things. Yeah. But we have completely come to the standpoint to where I'm not going to berate you because I disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Because here's the deal. I love when we were talking about certainty. I'm not certain of many of my belief systems. Yeah. I'm not certain that President Trump, like, hey, Chris, can you prove that President Trump's a fantastic businessman? Only by his results. Yeah. Like, I can't prove that he's going to do make great decisions in the next year. I have no clue. I, it's just a belief system I take. So I'm very open to the fact that he might not. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are, are, are you, are, as a listener... Are you able to listen to somebody else's mindset and not have to debate or defend your own mindset? Can you listen just to understand? That's a great first step. Yeah, I agree because there are so many times that I'll get on. And like I said, I listen to left and and right podcasts and they'll rail. uh, This is something that was actually said on the on the liberal podcast. And I thought it was funny because it's something I've been trying to say for so long. And I was like, wow, being a conservative so long. apparently sided with this one dude who is more left but um (laughs) he was like you know sometimes we're just so well known by the things we stand against Mm. he was like especially in evangelical christianity so true he was like you 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 get the list and it's like do not do not do not do not and he's like what the heck do you stand for then because if you say i do not you don't understand what you do Mm -hmm. and so i mean saying do not rules out if we're talking about the fact there's False dilemma fallacies everywhere. That we're everywhere. always given only two options, but there are multiple. Then what we're doing when we say I'm not liberal is okay. Are you moderate, libertarian? Are you conservative? Are you fascist? Your, are you use your coffee tea example again? Yeah. So for instance, if we take coffee tea, I'm not tea. Are you coffee with creamer? Are you water? Are you coffee with sugar? Are you, are you, are you fruit are juice? You <laughs> like what, are you a shake? what are you? Yeah. Because if you just say, I'm not X, there's 25 other letters in the alphabet, my friend. That's you got to pick one. That's awesome. And so, um, and not that you have to pick one. You got to pick a blend of all of the other 25 if you're just not X. Yeah. So I think that so many times we are known too well by what we're not. Mm-hmm. And in my case, and that that's that's where I think... I want to encourage anyone listening to this. Stop focusing on the things you don't like. It's good. If you find something that you disagree with on even an ethical level, why? Mm-hmm. And if you find a rational reason to disagree with it, put it to the side and look at the rest of it. Look, look at the rest of everything else. Because if I disagree with um, pro-choice advocates... And I go, okay, I disagree with this because the Constitution guarantees uh, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Life is part of that. I believe that fetuses are life. Therefore, I should set human life. I should set that aside. So then I go, okay, rational reason to disagree with it, whatever. I set it aside. Then I can't just set all of liberalism aside. Right, exactly. Because I've set aside an aspect that is more liberal than it is conservative. And you've really only set aside an extreme. Yeah. You haven't even considered everything in the middle. When does life begin? Right. Does it begin at conception? Does it? When does the soul enter the body? All the extra things in the middle. Are like s- you said, blend A, B, and C. Yeah. There's so many other steps to it. And I think 
that we get so caught up in, well, I'm not pro-choice, so I'm not liberal. And it's like, that. why are these two things the same <laughs> right. in your mind instead of being, you know, pro-choice is an aspect of liberal, liberalism you don't agree with? I, I, I can agree with that. Like, I mean... <laughs> Would you would, would you agree with this? Let me ask you a question that you yeah. can expound on. Would you agree that the wiser thing to do instead of choosing a side would be to choose belief systems and let those define who you are? Absolutely. And and that's actually exactly what I was about to say. It's so funny to see people who will disagree with something because someone uh, that someone says because that someone practices a religion other than their own. That's so good. Yep. And it's like they could they could literally and and the idea of, you know, uh, love your neighbor as yourself or really the golden rule that do unto others as you would have them do to you not necessarily the love aspect mm -hmm. of love your neighbor um, that I mean has is in other religions it, it, it is it, we Christians we can't argue that that's not another religion because the market of love yeah yeah <laughs> well especially like doing you know we, we don't have the duty isn't just Christianity like mm -hmm. Islam's very duty focused and, mm -hmm. and Hinduism and Buddhism can be very duty focused and mm -hmm. it depends on sects and beliefs and everything, but we won't go into that. And so if we're going to say do unto others as you would have them do unto you, if, if, if for instance, a Muslim said that I've, I've known a lot of Christians who would be like, ah, don't listen to them. And it's like, they just, they just said something <laughs> that you are supposed to agree with exactly because Jesus said the same thing, whether he was the first or, or, or another guy who, who just, Hey, you know, I've, I've had prophets sent already who told you to do all this stuff. I'm telling you again, right? Mm -hmm. To him, he summed up the law and the prophets. Yep. If we just because the prophets said something and someone else out, outside of their religion said it, that doesn't mean that it's wrong all yep. of a sudden. And that's that's another fallacy where it's an appeal. Um, you can call it an appeal to many things. But um, anyway, it's just an appeal to basically othering that person is other than I believe, therefore they're wrong. And it's yep. like, that's not how the world works just because their idea um, or them they are outside of your religion doesn't mean their idea is wrong it's very true because i mean for instance let, let's let's put a solid on it a solid face to it if trump came out tomorrow and said adultery is wrong would it be a false statement <laughs> asking maybe liberals right if you were, uh, to anyone, ask, if you were, yeah. if you really asking anybody, yeah. But if you go to someone who disagrees with him and ask right. that statement, well, if you go to liberals or if you if you go to someone who knows Trump's cheated on his wife's before, mm -hmm. we you know he, he's yeah. admitted it. it we it, know it. Just, yeah. Um, if he said that, is it a is false statement, statement false, because right? he's a hypocrite? Mm -hmm. No, it's still a true statement, and he could have learned it. Now we don't know his changes of heart exactly, but. It's like people want to argue against the statements based on the person. Correct. And That's you can't so you can't do that. That statement is now once spoken independent of that person. Mm -hmm. Everything else they believe could be absolutely wrong. Yep. But if they say two plus two equals four, that's absolutely right. You know, regardless what you think about them. Yeah. And so I, I get so frustrated by that because that's what we tend to do in our conservative versus liberal debates whenever people are just, you know, going at each other about yep. that. They'll just be like, oh, well, a liberal said this, therefore I believe the opposite. And it's like, do you stand for anything or is it just anti-liberal or so anti-conservative? It's very true. Because I'd prefer to be pro-life. I'd prefer to be pro-rights or 
pro taking care of the poor? Why can't mm-hmm. why can't I have rights and take care of the poor? <laughs> There's the question of the why day. is why why are these two things mutually exclusive? And why is not. it that liberals want to take care of the poor and conservatives want to have rights, but we can't blend these two things? I, I don't get it. Um, I totally agree. Anyway, so that that's kind of where I sit is I see the two as a false dilemma. Um, I don't think they're non sequiturs. I think they have something to do with each other. They're obviously mm-hmm. both ideologies within the same realm. Yep. I just think that there is some blending of the two that needs to be done. And like you were talking about with the third mind, right? Mm-hmm. We need to get dissenting opinions talking to each other, not at each other. Correct. So that we can find how do you make sure the poor are taken care of and not kill businesses? Exactly. How do you operate these systems without destroying lives? Yeah. And I think that's the purpose of government. Um, is to figure out how to be as little involved while also fixing holes in society. Do you, know? you do you let me ask you another question that you can speak to as we finish up here. Do you think that the extreme opinions are blocking that third mind? Yes. Absolutely. I because I think what we tend to do is the exact thing I was just talking about where we other. Mm-hmm. Um for instance, this is just an example from the COVID stuff, you know, they pat, they tried to pass the first stimulus bill. Mm-hmm. Um, Republicans did, they passed it in the Senate, went to the house blocked by Democrats immediately. Then the Democrats try to put in a stimulus bill from the house and blocked by Republicans. And it's like, did you guys not even think to talk to each other about a solution first. before you both made a bill, <laughs> which was really a waste of time on both sides. Oh yeah. <laughs> we, we spent what, two weeks waiting for each of those bills to pass. And so you're just like, well, so you've just wasted, we're still paying you. You're still getting paid for doing your job, quote unquote, and you're wasting our time. I don't and care you're, right or left. Yeah. Couldn't care less. No. You're wasting our time. You needed to come together and talk about this before you both set out your own version of a bill. And so, but that's what happens is they yell at each other about how, you know, liberal, the the left side in Washington will yell about how they're not taking care of um healthcare workers hospitals i think that was their main complaint about the bill the republicans passed and the republicans will yell about how the left isn't taking care of businesses and small businesses enough in the time and it's like then come together and find a solution that works to to help bolster all of those things Mm -hmm. instead of you being like oh let's just throw a you know trillion dollars at hospitals it's like how about a couple million here and a couple million here and then if you kind of figure out a balance between all of it then you'd have something useful instead of literally wasting a yeah, month I totally agree. Done. it's so funny because as we kind of close up here i was thinking about it, i'm like what what would our idea solution be and again this has been debated for thousands of years it's been debated debated i really hope and pray in 20 years we can take some of these steps you and i've talked about today and not just because you and i suggest them but I am a big believer in grassroots movements. Society is not fixed from the top down. It's fixed from Micah and Chris talking on a podcast. And then that gets conversation started in another state. Then another conversation gets started. Mike and I don't want to solve the world. We simply want to have our listeners listen to these perspectives and maybe modify some of your attitudes and your actions the next couple of weeks. So Micah, closing comments, please. I I can't, um, I can't say that. I would ever be happy trying to solve the problems that our politicians have to solve. No. I know a lot of people will criticize, for instance, our governor 
for what she, the, the decisions she's made on both sides. I've seen both sides just <laughs> rip into her. And all I can say is if we are truly going to live Christian lives inside of any governed system, state system, county system, country system, right? Mm-hmm. What we have to do is be willing to give grace to our leaders yep. that are in power and to use our votes as wisely as we possibly can. Very true. Um, and if we're not in continual prayer about the direction of our state, county, city, country, then we might want to think a little bit more about what we're doing to improve the country rather than what our governor or mayor or president isn't doing yep. to Very improve true. the country. Um, so I, I think we do need to offer more, more grace to our political leaders because I know I wouldn't want to make the decisions, especially that no they've way. had to make here mm-hmm. recently. Um, I, I would not be able to handle the pressure, and I, I would not want to do it. I mean, just your dad as a pastor is having to make insane decisions. Yeah. And, and that's I not don't a governor env- of 4 million people. No. I don't God. envy him, his position. No. And we have a church of 150, 200 yeah. maybe max. So yeah. it's like, I mean, I don't want to make a decision for 150 people. Mm-hmm. I sure wouldn't want to do it for 4 million or 300 million. Because nothing you can do is ever going to be right. No. And so that, that's something that I think we need to understand as well is as we go into these conversations, hopefully without too much partisanship, with as objective an, an opinion and, and a view as we can have, I hope that we will give each other grace in finding real solutions yeah. instead of your idea sounds like what that lefty said, I'm just going to tear it down. Your idea sounds like what that righty said, I'm just going to no. I think that there is some balance in between that that we need to slowly be working towards instead of working away from. I totally agree. And it, I, I would kind of throw on an add-on to that because you said it very well. Um, it's very tempting to say uh, that the danger with moderates is they become extremes. And this is where I want to bring in the number line one more time. The goal that I want to do is I want to help negative eights come down to a negative three. Right. I want to help positive eights come down to a positive four, right? I, I, I want people to start understanding we don't have to go. To, it doesn't have to be one or six on a diet. It could be two, three, four, five. Right. And I love, I think my favorite statement of this whole podcast, and it blew my mind, it's still blowing my mind, is when you said if you don't want, if you don't like X, there's 25 of the letters of the alphabet. Yeah. Is literally, I want our listeners to start having these conversations, have them with grace, and then start understanding what do you stand for. Yeah. And if you stand for pro-life, great. That doesn't mean you have to hate every other liberal and despise their opinion. You still should be open to listening. Right. And to be perfectly honest, if any of us ever want to influence another person, we'd better be willing to listen. Yeah. So treat others like you want to be treated. I think Jesus golden rule in Matthew seven twelve is the best way to end this podcast. So appreciate your comments, Micah. This was, yeah. a, this was an intense, I think we're going to go play some video games because this is pretty <laughs> intense. We kind of needed a little bit of a brain break, but listen, the world does not need another artificial copy. The world needs an original you. So find your, find your soapbox, find the things you're passionate about. We're not discouraging passion. No, there are certain things in your life you need to go to extremes for, but I would encourage that for most of us, Politics is not where you need. It's not your hill to die on. There needs to be an injustice you need to go fix. There needs to be a charity you need to go fund. There needs to go be a church that you need to be super passionate about serving. Go serve somebody and go change the world. We'll talk to you next time.